0: Log
1: Talk Radio,
2: hey there, Dr. Rock Green here. Welcome to another episode of Parenting Your Challenging Child. I am joined by the Director of Outreach at Lies in the Balance, Kim Hopkins, as she is known. Kim, how are you?
3: Good morning. I'm doing well. How about yourself?
2: I am well. I think we're going to be joined by um, our two parents, um, Heather and our other parent. Um, we'll see. Or Jennifer, yes. and our, Jennifer is
3: definitely joining us. I don't think Stella is. And my son is screaming for me, so I'll be right back.
2: Got it. Um, so uh, here we go. Another episode during COVID where we are all based at home. You may hear my dog barking in the background at some point. We'll see if she comes through with silence for the full 45 minutes, but we don't know. Uh, But the call-in number, callers always get top priority on the program, is 347-994-2981. Press 1, and um, there you have it. So um, is the end in sight here with COVID? Uh, Lots of vaccinations happening now. Could it? B, that we are at the beginning of the beginning of the end. One can certainly hope so, but it has been quite a difficult time for many families, many parents, many kids. Uh, if you've been on the Lives in the Balance website lately, then you know that we did a survey on parenting during the pandemic, and um, it's been really tough out there. So, um Any return to any sense of normalcy is fantastic. Callers yet. So I'm going to start with one of the emails we received. Um, And we have a bunch in the queue. Uh, But here we go. Good morning. I am looking for help defining the problem. And so this mom is referring to the Define Adult Concern step. Uh, Of plan B, it's the second step where adults are saying why they feel it's important that a particular expectation be met. I'll describe the situation. Would love feedback on what direction to take as far as really going upstream and addressing the root cause. Mm -hmm. Here it goes. My eight-year-old son, anxiety and high-functioning autism, enjoys playing backyard football with his friends, however – he has always struggled with fine and mo- gross motor coordination and strength. His deficits are becoming more and more obvious the older he gets when compared to his friends that are much more athletically skilled. He is aware that he is not, that he's not as fast, as good of a catcher, kicker, etc., as his friends, but still loves playing with them. I admire his determination. However, these deficits cause him significant self-confidence issues. This is not an adult theory. He has specifically said, I am the worst ever, among other things. The problem is two or threefold. Almost every day that he plays backyard football with friends in our yard, he will come back inside for dinner and be in a horrible, irritated, angry mood, which causes dysregulation the rest of the evening many times. Also, he will have issues with friends because he will make bad calls, for example, saying that a ball was dropped when it really wasn't. My adult theory here is that he does this to cover up for the fact that he is either embarrassed, that he is not fast enough to catch up to his friends or skilled enough to catch the ball consistently. Friends will get mad at him, Dan why, and will he, not, he will not apologize or even attempt to reach out to his friend to reconnect. He just writes the person off and refuses to engage with them anymore, although he is clearly sad and misses their friendship. The argument and at least temporary loss of friendship causes them to be chronically irritable, easily frustrated, and just difficult to be around. But he will not be the first to initiate reconnecting. The final problem is that he will not allow any discussion of perhaps working with someone to improve his strength and coordination or even working with myself or his dad. He also refuses any team recreational sports. We have plan seed that for two years now. I'm not sure where to start, or is this more of a natural consequence type thing when it comes to friends that isn't really solvable with plan B? I did attempt a conversation the other day since he is in the middle of having a friend mad at him. I worded the problem as, I noticed it's difficult for you to agree to work out a problem with your friend when there is an argument. That was a giant flop. How do you suggest I start, and how do you suggest I word it? Thanks for your guidance. Well, I don't think you worded it so badly. Um, that said, um, I guess you've got to decide which part of this you want to work with. Um, what is he myself? What is your expectation about how he will? Um, handle playing football with his friends. It certainly sounds like you don't want him to be in a horrible, irritated, angry mood. I don't know enough about what he's saying about it, but I'm betting that you want him to enjoy it. I'm betting that you want him to have fun I'm betting that you want him to feel good about doing his best, even if at some things other kids are better than him. And so once you decide what your expectation is, on that, we'll get to the ones that are later in a bit, all you got to do is put the word difficulty in front of it, and you're probably there. Difficulty, enjoying, enjoying is a good verb, Playing backyard football with your friends. Difficulty. um, Feeling okay about um, how you're playing when you're playing backyard football with your friends. Those might be conversation starters. And of course, as always, um, the wording of the unsolved problem is just the words that are used to get the conversation going. We don't know what you're going to come across in the empathy step of plan B. And since I don't know your son, I don't know if those would be conversation starters. But the goal here is to get the conversation going. All right. Um, What is your expectation about, well, this is interesting because him disagreeing with friends is further downstream. Doesn't mean you can't try to work on it, but it sounds like a friend being mad at him comes second. Friend being mad at him comes after things that go on in the football game. And so if you're wording an unsolved problem based on a friend being mad or reconnecting with a friend, you are downstream. It doesn't mean you can't do it, but it is downstream. So your wording, I noticed it's difficult for you to agree to work out a problem with your friend when there's an argument. That may have been a giant flop as you're describing it because the giant argument is the aftermath. What caused the giant argument is what comes first. And so I might be more focused on what's causing the argument, and I don't know the situation very well here, but we might go with something like, given what you've described, difficulty agreeing Billy, on the rules of the backyard football game. Um, I don't know if that's perfect. Remember, what we're looking for here is conversation starters as far upstream as possible. I don't think your wording is way off the mark. Um, I do think you're further downstream than you want to be if you're talking about working out a problem with your friend when there's already been an argument. That's where I would suggest that you start. Now, we have been joined by Jennifer, and caller in area code... (laughs) three four seven, we will get to you momentarily um, <laughs> as soon as we can. So hang in there. We're just gonna finish this email first. Jennifer, I don't know how much of that you heard, but anything you'd like to weigh in on there?
1: You know, I didn't hear any of the emails, so I'm I'm gonna gonna pass on trying to respond
2: to something I didn't hear. <laughs> I I think that's probably wise. And Kim, I'm assuming Kim is still dealing with her son. Kim, are you back?
3: No, I am back, and I heard the second half of the email, and um, I was thinking what you were thinking about um, uh, the arguments and the aftermath of the friendship sort of taking a hit, being too far downstream and to focus more upstream. So I think you said what I would say.
2: Well, uh, a perfect example of uh, great minds thinking alike, Um, Mom, we hope that that um, answered your question, and we hope that that was helpful, and keep us posted if you would like. Um, Now we're going to go to our caller in area code 347. You are on the air. What's going on today?
4: Hi. Thank you. Um, I have three questions that I I don't know if you'll have time for, but I think they might be quick. Uh, I have a 10-year-old son. We're at the beginning of using this framework. Uh, we've done the off-up. We've had 50 unsolved problems. We've started with one. My first question is, is it an unsolved problem if my son rejects that it's even a problem? And the example I would use is he doesn't um, even acknowledge his sister's existence, like literally won't look at her, won't talk to her, and they stay out of each other's ways. And for me, I want him to actively talk to her because it's it's affecting her self-esteem. And, I'm, and every other problem we have in the house, he, can, he will say it is something he has difficulty with. It's definitely a problem. It's something he wants to work on, which is why he's willing to talk to me about everything else. But this one subject, I can't penetrate. And I, I guess that's, that's my first
2: question. Let's, let's roll with one at a time. Can you tell us how you worded that unsolved problem? Yes. Um, and
4: he didn't officially do it. I just know that when I've tried in the past to even go near the subject. So uh, I've noticed you're having difficulty speaking directly to your sister when she asks you a question or approaches you. And I could be specific, Mm -hmm. like yesterday, I could could do it that way. Like last night, Mm -hmm. when your sister entered the bedroom, you had difficulty answering her.
2: And what you got back from him was?
4: I didn't officially work on this one yet. So this is because oh, I'm just starting. I decided to start with, you know, a few easy ones that I thought he would really enjoy seeing the output because we've been in plan A for so long. I really wanted to repair the relationship. I want them to feel good about this, um, this, this whole model. So I'm, I'm really being cautious about how I'm going to deal with the sister thing. They have not spoken in eight months. We keep them on separate floors. We move her to my bedroom when he has to go downstairs. They can't even pass each other. Certainly the pandemic and quarantine and being in a house with the same four walls has affected their relationship, but it was always fractured. It just keeps getting worse and worse. So we're lucky he's not screaming at her. He's not hitting her. That's where we were two years ago. But now he doesn't even,
2: he can't even look at her. Well, and so, I don't have a major issue with your wording of the unsolved problem, but it sounds like you haven't actually tried to address that with him yet. What do you think happening when you do? Um,
4: I foresee him shutting down and saying that this isn't a problem for him. And I guess that's my number, my right. first question is, it doesn't matter, if it's, a, it's
2: an unsolved problem, even if the parent just has a mm. problem, correct? I no, guess I that's, that's really my overall question. Well, it's an expectation if you feel that it's an expectation, right? And it's your expectation. Right. Yeah. So him saying that it doesn't matter to him, that he doesn't talk to his sister, is not a non-starter. It's basically it. a good example of a kid saying, I don't care, or I don't have a problem with that. Okay. Got it. And okay. here's what's interesting. That's the beginning of his concern or perspective.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So what you would what you would do next is reflective listening.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. So you don't have a problem with not talking to your sister. Can you tell me more about that? I don't know what he's going to say sure. next, but he might say something like, uh, first of all, I don't have anything to say to her. And secondly, things are a lot nicer around here when we're not talking to each other. All right. Now you're Mm -hmm. rolling. Right? Got it. So even though it's starting with an I don't care like statement doesn't mean you're sunk. Mm -hmm. Just do reflective listening and keep them talking.
4: Okay. Thank you. Can I give you one more? Of course.
3: Oh, can I just add one Mm -hmm. thing real quick?
4: Yeah. Of course. Um,
3: I think it's really powerful. Um, because you said you're at the beginning of your journey. And so lots of mm-hmm. reminders that you're not doing plan A um, is really important. And so for this one, you might say, I'm not saying you have to, mm.
1: because
3: you can't force them. And so you could just acknowledge that and you could just say, I'm just, I'm really just curious to hear you out well and, you know, and uh, understand where you're coming from. Like I'm not trying to push anything. I'm not saying you have to, that kind of thing. And then my other thing was, if it really is too hot to begin with it, maybe it's not done in words. Mm-hmm. 10, maybe it's done in notes back and forth or, or five finger method where you're taking guesses and he can just tell you how close you are with one being your way off and five being your dead um, on.
4: That's great, thank you. My second question, um, and I know I've heard, I've listened to the past 40 podcasts, I'm obsessed and it's very helpful. But it's the what does plan C look like in certain scenarios and specifically when it's not you know it's very clear to me when there's a demand and I remove the expectation completely, and that's easy. It's when he's let's say he's having an issue with a computer, he's completely melting down, I drop the demand that he needs to stay calm in that situation, so I get that. but he's the issue his signal, his behavior for all 50 of our problems is verbal abuse towards especially me and since we dropped Plen A that has increased a lot you know which is not shocking but it's really challenging for me to know what do I do do I just stand there and take it do I walk away which then incites him even more do I run over and hug him as he's screaming at me that I'm an idiot I think I'm having a hard time with like like what literally do I do in those situations you know Mm -hmm. Like, I'm accepting it, I'm and I don't take it personally. I don't find it triggering, but I see it continuing and escalating, and maybe I just need to work through it, and when we're on problem number 20, I'll start seeing how the signal reduced everywhere. But I guess that's just what, what you know, what do I do? He's slamming the computer. He's screaming. He's throwing it. He starts screaming at me because it's my computer. Yeah, I'm not upset at him, but what do I do in that moment?
2: Well... Um, What's he up he's upset at the computer or at the game, but not at you?
4: It starts as him yelling about the game. he's mad, the computer yes. is lagging. It's my laptop. He starts screaming that my laptop you know is bad. then it might escalate into uh if I moved, I distracted him, and I'm an idiot. It just keeps he just can find a way to connect it back to me
2: Got it, and so um. One question that I have is, do you really want that in plan C, or do you want to move that into plan B? Of course, you may have bigger fish to fry than that, and I'm glad it's not triggering for you, but you clearly have expectations for how your son should comport himself when he's playing games on the computer. So that would be the first question that I have is, should this really be plan C, if it is plan it's C. It's coming up
4: soon. It's like the fifth one. How about
2: that? It's in my top six. Right.
4: It's Got it. coming soon. Um,
2: if it is plan C, then you may want to come up with an interim plan. Well, plan C technically would be he gets to play on the computer and conduct himself in any way he wants. That would be plan C because you have removed – expectations Mm -hmm. for how he should comport himself when he's on the computer, right? But you may want to come up with an interim plan with him. Say, you know what? We're not ready to solve this one yet, but I would like to find a way for me not to be within earshot of you when you are getting mad at the computer um, what could we do so that I can't hear it? Mm-hmm. You're not trying to solve the problem. You're not, trying to, you're not saying you have to change his computer-playing comportment, but you are wondering if there's something we can do so that you at least don't have to be exposed to it. Okay. The I also think it escalates when I'm around. It doesn't escalate um. when you're around. So the, it does. I believe it
4: escalates time. when he has an audience. So I think that might be really good,
2: the way you worded okay. that. That's yeah. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Or Jennifer, any any more on that <laughs> than what I said?
4: You know, I, I have to, I had to laugh
1: because we've been crowdsourcing um, transcription of the past podcast. Yes in the B team yeah. and um, I have been working on one myself that was just Kim and me from February 2019 and literally last night I transcribed a part of it that says, "Then we. T- this was Kim talking, then we talk about Band-Aid plans where you're saying to the kid, This isn't something that we're working on, but it can't quite keep going the way it's going. So temporarily, how about, do you think we could do this? And is this a way we could put it on the back burner and everyone's still safe and everyone is still calm? We haven't taught anything, but we're making room to teach things because we can't work on everything all at once. (laughs) Well, that's what you were talking
2: about. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the timing.
1: Yeah, I, I had to laugh because literally last night I typed that out. So, um, but and and sometimes that is that is the only thing that you can do is to find a place where you say, "We've got other things that are more important than this right now to figure out," but. How about if we try this for a little while? So you're not you're not necessarily creating a new expectation and you're not full on plan B it.
4: hmm You're we'll planning and you. you can put on it. Yeah. And it's okay if it's my <laughs> suggestion. I mean I'm gonna ask him first, but it might be me
2: saying, How about we do X? Yep.
4: Would that be okay? Right? Okay.
2: Well, I'm um, tragic to give him the first shot again.
4: Yeah, I'm um, going
2: to. You know, he might, he might say, okay, how about I plan a different room that's far from where you're going to be, right? Um, yeah. And once again, remember, you haven't solved the problem. The problem is how you expect him to conduct himself when he's on the computer. You're not trying to change that. That would be plan B. You're just saying yeah. you don't want to hear it, and you don't want to be on exactly. the receiving end of it. Um, that's an interim plan C. Okay,
4: I will try it. And my last?
2: Good. And I
4: probably have Go 10 ahead, more, yeah. but I'll call another day. I'm going to quote Jennifer from like, I want to say years ago, it was a Toys R Us story. So we have been doing ABA, uh, a very kind ABA that's been maybe positive reinforcement based, did certainly have punishment, that backfired. fired. But, um, and up until now, we were continuing to positive reinforcement, which my son actually really enjoys. And I'm trying to understand if there's any room for those types of things, whether it's Basically, how does allowance ever factor into this model or any positive reinforcement? And Jennifer was at Toys R Us and she said something about her son having tallies for something that he earns money for, and it like, so the light bulb went off. I was like, could you still have some kind of bonus system or positive reinforcement living alongside CPS, or do I need to throw that out in the garbage? Even like money for chores or money for whatever. I just didn't know. I didn't know how to, like, make amends between those types of things and CPS, which is so radically different than those systems. I don't know if that makes sense, what
2: I'm asking. Mm -hmm. That makes perfect sense. I'm going to give Kim and Jennifer first crack at that one before I weigh in strongly. But go ahead, Kim or Jennifer.
3: Sure. Um, I would say that the list of 50 unsolved problems you have would not be the things to tie to chore money Mm -hmm. or other types of positive reinforcement because he can't do those things. And that won't change that. Um, You know, it could change it temporarily, but it's not long term. So it would be things that are not on your alpha. You know, maybe he's perfectly fine with the expectation of taking out the garbage twice a week. Maybe that is not an unsolved problem. And he's old enough that you want to start, you know, teaching him how to manage money and all that. So you give him chore money for it. Sure. It's just that if he doesn't take the garbage out twice a week and has trouble about it and does his behavioral signaling, like you said, around it, then we wouldn't do the chore money because that won't change it. Um, We would do plan B. So that's what I would say, that if you focus on the things that are not on your unsolved problems list,
2: Mm -hmm. um,
3: that would make sense to me.
2: Jennifer, any thoughts?
1: I will say that my son does have um, an allowance that he gets. Uh, it's not tied to his doing any kind of of chores or anything. Uh, it was it, it the purpose of it was twofold. One, because it keeps him from asking me for money for every single thing because either he has it or he doesn't and if he doesn't, then he can't spend it. <laughs> Uh, and two, um, which is, they're really sort of the same thing. It's just one of them, he's not asking me. And the other one is that he's learning how to manage it. Uh, and we found that tying it to any kind of of expectation made it much more difficult. And the anxiety that came from, well, am I still going to get it if I don't meet it, was making it harder on everybody so it's it's an automatic thing um it's a we actually got him a um, debit card that's linked to my account so it automatically transfers over and i can actually see what he's spending it on and these were all things that we agreed on beforehand so that not so that i could talk about what he's spent Not so that I could tell him what to spend it on, but so that we could talk about what he was doing with it if he ran into problems where he said, I need money for this. And I said, well, what happened to the money that you had? And he would say, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, But tying it to anything just was too hard. So we ended up making the decision that it's his money, and he can figure out what to do with it, and if he runs into problems with it, then we have a conversation. But there's no expectation placed on his earning it.
4: Got it. So I don't you know we'll we'll that answers your question. but It does. It's, it's clear that if I do tie any bonus system or money or allowance to anything, it would not be anything that's on my unsolved problems list. It could be, picking up some, I don't have picking up clothes. I don't really care about it, but it's a really nice thing that he does sometimes. And it is on his bonus point system right now. It's a nice thing. Okay. That could be an example, or I don't tie it to anything. Um, so I don't cause it anxiety because demands, he suffers from a ton of anxiety, which was going to be my last question. Um, but I think I'm going to have to wait and answer that for myself once I'm further into the method, into the model. <laughs> Yep. But um, I've, I'm at the precipice of whether or not to put my son on medication, and I've decided to just hold off try, and just start seeing if I could start reducing anxiety by working with him a different way. Um, and I might have a further question, but I'm going to wait to ask uh, medication questions until I'm further along, because um, I think I've heard you guys say, or Dr. Green, I've heard you talk about, trying to figure out if, the, if it's there because of the demand or if, it, if it's there before or after, right? Is, are the expectations causing some of the reasons you want to put the kid on medication? And I think I need to wait and see. Um, but if, Thank you. You definitely answered the question about the bonus system. Thank you for your time and having me ask four, three four questions. And uh, thank you for the model and all the resources you put out there because this has been game-changing and I'm only, like, three weeks in.
2: Thank you for calling
4: Thank in. you. Okay, okay. Take care. Bye.
2: So, Jennifer and Kim, we have another caller. Is one of you Thanks. popping popcorn? Oh, no. <laughs>
1: the dog that I tried to mute last time <laughs> is chewing on a water bottle. Oh, got it. Fun. And And I didn't even, you know, it's one of those things where I don't hear the noise anymore until someone else. Hears it and wonders
2: what it is. That's right. We are going to go to area code five one four and bring that caller on. Area code five one four. You are on the air. What's up today? Hello. Um,
0: so I'm calling because um, I'm there's a particular problem that I want to work on with my son. He's ten, almost eleven, and. Um, I'm having trouble thinking about how to address my concern, and I'm also having trouble kind of believing that a solution is possible. It makes me think a little bit of the band-aid thing that you guys were talking about before. Um, So the issue is that he has a lot of sensory difficulties, and we've unclumped a lot of them, and the particular one I want to start with is difficulty when mom yawns. (laughs) So when he hears me yawning... He has this like very you know extreme re- reaction i mean he he's not hostile or anything, but it's just, it's very unpleasant for him and he you know he'll be like "Ah you know start screaming and sort of blocking his ears and um and then he'll be like you know he'll be mad at me that I yawned or can you stop yawning or and but it's too late because it already happened you know <laughs> and i've I've done some plan seeing around it and you know trying to be really really mindful of when i'm feeling really tired to um You know, cover my mouth or turn away, and we've we 've done some sort of emergency plan being around it, which I know is not ideal in the moment, where he was like, You know, I think if you turn your head away it 's probably okay, but I can 't be on like a hundred percent of the time like that with my body reactions, <laughs> you know like it's, it's a and i when I have the conversation with him i don 't know how to express my concern about it in a way you know like people yawn. Um, and sometimes body functions just happen because there's other body functions that people work very hard to not do, like, you know, certain things that make people right. feel grossed out and stuff. And so we're, it, it is expected that we kind of monitor ourselves when it comes to those types of body functions. But then I'm saying that other types of body functions, like yawning when I wake up in the morning, is totally normal, um, you know, and for him it's kind of arbitrary, right? Because He's black and white. And, yeah, so I'm I'm just... I'm just wondering how people would go about stating the concern, like when, when it's the part that I'm stating my own concern about it, what would be like a good way to, to state it in, in a way that I guess sounds valid and that, you know, he will
2: understand
0: or have some buy-in.
2: Sure. <laughs> anyway. Well, remember, your concerns are going to fall into one or both of two categories. How the unsolved yes. problems affecting your son how the unsolved problems affecting other people, mainly you. Um, yes. How does it affect you? To um, do you feel like you can inhibit yawning in his presence with one hundred percent reliability? No. I'm pretty. One of your I'm concerns, pretty good.
0: I may be ninety yeah. percent, but yeah, yeah, but not. One of your concerns. No, not a hundred. Yes, yes. Not
2: a hundred. So one of your concerns yeah. is that you may not be able to inhibit yawning in his presence with one hundred percent reliability. You're not. You don't think you can do it. Um, right. I would say that that's one of your concerns, right? Because any solution that is based on zero tolerance for yawning in his presence is unlikely to work, right? Correct. Yeah. And so yeah, – That's true. If, if, you're doing a, if you're doing a 90% proficient job of not yawning in his presence, then we may be looking for a solution for what to do with the other 10%, given that you can't inhibit yawning with 100% reliability – Um, Right. does that help?
0: Yes, that is helpful. And it made me, I guess, as these Plan B conversations tend to do, it made me think of more, right? (laughs) So I'm like, oh, and another concern is that I feel like my actions are being policed, although I I don't know if I can say that because that's a little bit kind of adult theory, judging, I don't want to do that. But, you know, I, I feel, you know, like I'm, yeah, it's kind of like, it's like there's a yawn police in my house, you know what I mean? And it's it's it it's not it's um it's very uncomfortable. <laughs> but that's that also feels kind of hard to narrow down and explain in a way that's um I guess that fits the criteria. Like I guess the the effect on me is that it makes me um feel like I'm walking on eggshells, I guess, when yep. I notice that I have to start yawning. Maybe that would be a way to say it.
2: Well, it certainly Hmm. makes you um, feel like you're being watched really closely, and that's not a comfortable feeling. Yes. Um, You don't have to use yawn police in in the way you word that. No. Um, But uh, the fact that you are uncomfortable in his presence because uh, you feel like yawning is being policed so intensively, does seem like Mm -hmm. something you could say as part of your concern.
0: Okay. Yeah. Sometimes he's sensitive, you know, he is sensitive and he'll be like, you know, I'm sorry. I'm, you know, like if I, if I, if I explain what an effect on me is, he will take it as a, I'm blaming him, you know, or it it means that he's done something wrong. Um, I think just because of his, you know, his black and white thinking, like it it means that it's his fault kind of, that's where he goes. But, um, yeah. Okay.
2: This is helpful.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Well, and the Um, truth is it's not, you you can reassure him that you're not blaming him. Um, you're not faulting him, but in this process, the goal is to address the concerns of both parties and we can't address the concerns of both parties if we don't know what they are, uh, you can Great. remind him that in the empathy step, you did you did your best to understand his, but now to complete the cycle, we have to know what yours are, and you can give him reassurance in the beginning. You're not blaming. You're not faulting, but there is something yeah. about this scenario that you would like to have addressed as well.
0: Yeah, that's good if, if I do it. Uh, kind of proactively or preemptively before to say this is how it's going to look so that, you know, I mean, he still might go there, but at least if I do that, there's less chance that that'll happen. So
2: yeah, <laughs> that's a good idea. <laughs> Jennifer or Kim, any, any more weigh-in on that one?
1: I was thinking that, you know, when you said that other bodily functions are things that we try to control, just like with yawning, we try to control them, but sometimes they just happen. Yes.
2: <laughs> and, you know,
1: otherwise it wouldn't be the funniest thing in the world when, you know, Nana farts in yes. the living room once in a while and it's I like, oh, my gosh, you, you do the that first. too? <laughs> 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 that sometimes... It just happens no matter how much you try to control it. And I'm sure that that happens to him even if he tries to control (laughs) it sometimes. So that might actually help him understand Mm -hmm. a little better when you say, you know, I try really hard, but sometimes yawns happen. (laughs) Just yes, like other yes. things. <laughs> yes, he will like that. And because, yeah, yeah. He
0: loves that topic, so I'm sure that that will make yes. him laugh also and lighten up the mood. So.
1: Yeah. <laughs> my son's pediatrician, when I asked him why it was that my son thought that that particular topic was so funny, he said, because I'm 50-something and I still think that topic is funny. So. Yeah. <laughs> but but it might actually to make that correlation might actually help your your cause Mm -hmm. instead of harming it
4: (laughs) because we all
1: have to sneak out
0: yeah and mom i I hope that it would help help him yeah it totally does thank you i think it would have him help him have empathy for me, right? Like see it from
2: my perspective
0: of that I am trying really hard and sometimes you just can't. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) Thank you.
2: You bet. Mom, call anytime. (laughs) Okay. Thanks so much. (laughs) Bye. Take care. You know, it was only a matter of time before farting became a topic on this program. I'm (laughs) quite frankly surprised that it took this long, but I want to make sure everybody knows that it's Jennifer who said the word first. Um, This will be a fun uh,
1: one to transcribe,
2: we, I think. <laughs> have, oh yeah, this will be a this will be a fun one to transcribe. But um, yeah. you know, we've covered just about everything else. I'm surprised it took us so long to get around to farting. But there we are. And <laughs> truth is, um, in all seriousness, um, I've worked with kids who found it who found sounds that their parents made to be highly objectionable. Mm -hmm. And it is a really difficult, unsolved problem. It's um, a really tough one. Um, So I don't envy mom, although I do think that um, we've gotten her off to a good start. It's just that this is a tough one. Um, Yeah. And for whatever reason, I see it especially in those very black and white thinking kids who just find it excruciating to, for example, listen to somebody chew or um, smack their lips or any of these sounds, right, that are naturally emitted from the human body, but they truly find it to be absolutely excruciating, um, it's a tough one. So mom's got her work laid out for her, but hopefully we have helped her a bit. Now we have two callers waiting. We have three minutes left in the program. Uh, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a flyer here. Area code three four seven. This is our second from area code three four seven. It might be the same mom. Uh, area code two zero three. We may have to wait until next time. I'm not even sure we're gonna do. Oh no! Area code three four seven is gone. Area code. Area code two hundred three is gone. We now have zero callers on the line. Um, see what happens when you mention area codes uh, between farting and area codes. We've, uh, we've we've gotten everybody off the program today. But we probably we probably don't have time to cover another uh, emailed question. So uh, Jennifer, Kim, any final thoughts before we end today's program?
1: Have you ever I don't know if you've ever seen on Facebook how it offers you your memories on each day. It goes back and it tells you what you've posted on that same day in the past. I had a moment of inadvertent humor this morning. Today is my husband's birthday. And birthday. I was looking at what I had posted in the past and somewhere along the line about 12 years ago I had posted and now we're moving on to plan B. And a friend of mine said in place of and I said, "Well, plan A, of course." <laughs> and then I I made the comment because Will had ended up staying home. And so I said, "Well, Plan A didn't include the kid, but Plan B does, and I looked ah. at it, and I burst out laughing because I was talking about something completely different, and yet there it was, staring
2: at me off my computer screen. <laughs> well, there you go i can't wait I can't wait till you get reminded of what you've talked about today. <laughs> Well, thank
3: you. (laughs) Just to, you know, just in another forum, say a huge thank you to all the folks who are helping us with this big mission of transcribing podcasts and videos. Uh, It's the outpouring of support has been, it's just beyond worth. Absolutely incredible. I want to say thank you. And so everybody can note, uh, look for those to be posted soon. Yeah.
2: We are we are looking forward to that. And on that note, let's call it a day. Thank you both, as always. We'll be back again in May for our last program of the spring. Um, but in the meantime, y'all have a good month. Talk to you soon.
1: You too. Thank you.